own way. And this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Fruit Pastels, Perfect Midnight Snack. You've still got to chew them. On these shows, I talk about the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. I have a look at the songs today as well and see how I feel about them as a man. This week, I'm looking at the song Lost for Words, which is track three on the Power Slave album. Last week, I looked at Two Minutes to Midnight and had some comments. Someone called Louise Brooks was very impressed with the episode, particularly the discussion around belly buttons. She says that men don't talk enough about such things, and there should be more podcasts looking at men's insecurities about body image. She said it was very refreshing to have open discourse or discourse about the subject. I might need to look at how to pronounce that. Talking of pronunciation, and I had it confirmed by Don McIntyre that Adidas is pronounced Adidas, not Adidas. He also explained why the trainer manufacturer had this name. And I call them trainers, not sneakers. Adidas was invented by someone called Adolf Dassler, and Adi is short for Adolf. So there you go. If that wasn't interesting enough, someone called Poison 16, I think they're called, joined in. And he said that Addy's brother Rudy started Puma. I thought this was a joke, but it's true. They were brothers, and they both created trainers. That's another famous set of German brothers, what the brothers Grimm and those men in craft work. I used to like Puma as a boy because Adrian Smith wore them. When I used to make a list of the trendiest trainers, Puma were often number three, but I think that was because of peer pressure. Most people thought that Adidas and Nike were above them. But there's an error, because Don McIntyre also says that Nike is pronounced Nike. That was the top three. Diodora was number four, and High Tech was number five. I was pleased with this, because eventually I had some High Tech trainers. It was a bit of an upgrade after the Gola era. Anyway, these were comments about aspects of the show, not about the song or Iron Maiden. Fortunately, John Gilbert did have a comment about the show, and he spotted an error in it. He said that I mentioned that Eddie was sat on a tank on the sleeve for two minutes to midnight. And I realise now I was wrong. For years, I did think he was sat on a tank, and it turns out he sat on a ruined building amongst the rubble. So I do apologise for this, and this is yet another error that's been made on my podcast. So I need to clean this up because I don't want a reputation of fake news. This week, I'm looking at Lost for Words, and it's an instrumental song. So because there's no lyrics in it, I thought I'd make the episode a bit different. And I've actually invited Trevor to be part of the show for longer than normal. And this is based on a bit of feedback I got from the listener survey, where several people said they wanted more Trevor. So he was very pleased about this. So he's in the background. But a bit like the Christmas special, I've told him to only speak when directed. So just to prove you're there, Trevor, can you say hello, please? Hi, Wayne. Hi, listeners. You do know you don't have to call them listeners. They're just listening. You don't have to talk to them like that. I know you did that on the Christmas special. Well, I feel that if I say that, they might feel more involved and valued and included. Otherwise, it just sounds like two men having a chat in private. I want to feel like they're involved in it. Yeah, I suppose that's a good idea. 
Anyway, so that's Trevor for now. Uh, I'll go back to him when I've got some questions for him. So if you could just hang about for a bit. Trevor? Yeah, sorry, I didn't know you wanted me to speak. I was just, uh, I've, um, just sat here. All right, well, lost for words. First of all, if you don't know the song, Losfer is one word, L-O-S-F-E-R. And as a boy, I looked this up in the dictionary and I found that it wasn't there. The word loser was there and the word losing was there, but there was nothing in between where Losfer would have been. So I wondered if it was some sort of strange foreign word. Loser and losing were words that I knew quite well as a boy. They were often used uh, when describing me. Although this was soon forgotten when I did the egg and spoon race at the school sports day in my school uniform. That day, things were different and people said, Wayne is winning. And everyone clapped. Even Caroline Blissett. But I think I've told this story before. So while most people were happy, my mum wasn't because I went home with mud on my farrow trousers. When I got a bit older, I realised that Losfer was just a sort of play on words. So loss for words actually means lost for words. But they've put lost and for into one word. I think this is a bit like a pun. A bit like have a very sherry Christmas. And puns are funny. So when I realised this, I laughed because that's what you do when things are funny. I saw lost for words written down and I had a bit of a chuckle. I say it's a pun, but it's almost like they've joined two words together. And I believe that's got a name. It's like a, a word merge, which I believe is called a wordge. A bit like Brangelina or Chillax. Is that right, Trevor? Or do you uh, do you know any wordges? Yeah, I do. Although it's actually called a portmanteau. A what? A portmanteau. It's like a French word. Oh, here we go. Yeah, well, it is. It's a French word. Um, and yeah, it's like what you say, a word merge where you put two things together. Have you got any examples? Yeah, uh, a spork, which is like a spoon and a fork, isn't it? Where you can eat peas with. And then there's mansplaining, which is what you do when you tell a woman what a spork is. Okay, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, my examples maybe weren't as, as good. Brangelina, that's just when you've got a couple, isn't it? And you, you put the two names together. And I think gossip magazines use these terms. Yeah, I don't like those. Um, makes you self-conscious when you're in a relationship, how people might be talking about you. Well, when's that been an issue? Well, it hasn't, but I know for a while, I always wanted to meet a girl called Wendy, so that when people saw us together, they'd call us Trendy. I thought that'd be nice, but I haven't met a girl called Wendy. OK, well, um, I'm not sure whether Losfer in Losfer words is a pun, or what you said, a portmanteau. As Losfer doesn't mean anything, I'm not sure it's a very successful pun or portmanteau. So we might get some academics who are a bit annoyed about this section that we've just done. Maybe I made and have invented a new kind of thing and, and they're not getting credit again for their innovative use of language and art. Maybe it's called Lost for Words because that's how the band felt when they heard Steve Harris's complex arrangement, which I'll look at in a bit. However, as I've said, it was also an instrumental, so it's probably a joke in the fact that there's no lyrics in it. We've already had a few instrumentals on the show. We've had Transylvania, The Ides of March and Genghis Khan. They were quite popular in the olden days. 
as number one hits, Apache by The Shadows and Albatross by The Fleetwood Mac. Do you know any instrumentals, Trevor? Yeah, I remember one in the 70s. I wasn't born then, but I had the record. It was Frankenstein by the Edgar Winter Group. That was quite good. I'd say that's a classic hard rock song that a lot of people forget about. Okay. I think I think The Clash had some as well. And what were they called? Listen, I think time is tight. All right, was, that'd be rude. I'd decide what time we've got. There's no need to be like that, is there? No, no, the, the song, the Clash instrumentals, one's called Listen and one's called Time is Tight. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't know. I don't know the Clash. If you see this song written down, you'll see that it's called Lost for Words. And then in brackets, it says Big Aura. This is the only use of brackets in an Iron Maiden song to date. Although, these are parentheses because they're curved brackets. Brackets are square, of course. In fact, there are no other brackets or parentheses on any other Iron Maiden song, except in the inner sleeve of Somewhere in Time, where they've put the dates that Alexander the Great was in power for, or maybe just when he was alive. I haven't actually looked into that yet. That's next series. This aura was spelled apostrophe O-double-R-A. And this, as well as the word Lossfer, added some sort of mystery and exotic nature to this Egyptian theme that was on the album, on the sleeve artwork and in some of the lyrics. Of course, Big Aura is another play on words, and this means Big Horror. As I've said, there's an apostrophe at the beginning of Aura, and this is similar to the B-side of Two Minutes to Midnight, called Mission from Harry, and the H in Harry is replaced by an apostrophe. Harry is a nickname for Steve Harris. I like this use of apostrophe, and I wondered if I could replace the W in Wayne with an apostrophe. So I'd be called Ain. I realised quite quickly that this sounded silly. The missing apostrophe works if you've got a Cockney accent, but not with a Birmingham accent. I also realised that there's something in the English language called the silent H, and there isn't a silent W. So, a bit like Viscount. It's another nickname that I tried, but it didn't catch on. Big Aura could also mean Big Aura, which is one word, and it's spelled B-E-G-O-R-A-H. And this means by God, or maybe in more sort of colloquial terms, by gosh, or, or by golly. And this appears to be of Irish or American origin. I asked Fergal from Feckin' Metal Podcast what he thought, because he's from Ireland. He said it's a bit of a stereotype and nobody actually uses it. So it's a bit like how it's assumed that people in Birmingham ask for a kipper tie when they want a cup of tea. Alan Bell mentioned this. He said that he realised it was big horror and not big horror. So uh, it seems that Alan Bell is now also an authority on grammar and punctuation as well as porridge. He said this because I asked people what had made them lost for words. This could be about Iron Maiden or anything. So Alan Bell was lost for words about this. A lot of people were lost for words about things to do with Iron Maiden and other people's opinions mainly. Someone called Bruno MacDonald said that he's lost for words when people try and convince him that Peace of Mind has more than four good songs on it. This caused uproar. If I was facilitating this discussion in a lecture theatre, I don't think I could have controlled it without involving security. Luckily, Twitter isn't like this, and I could just step back and watch it happen, while eating a wagon wheel. 
I'm not going to go into too much detail, because that would take up a lot of the podcast. But essentially, a lot of people became lost for words at him and his antics and his opinions. Talking Maiden podcast said that they were lost for words when a listener said that Virtual Eleven was their favourite Iron Maiden album. And Ralph from Ohio had a similar thought. He said that he's lost for words by anything from the Blaze era of Iron Maiden. And Blaze is a singer that will replace Bruce Dickinson in case you listen to these podcasts and you don't know anything about the band. Aitor Diaz was more positive and he said he's lost for words every time he hears Nico's drums in the intro of The Man Who Would Be King. I assume this is a positive loss for words instead of a disgusted one. James Fraser from New Zealand mentioned the song itself and he says that he was lost for words when a kid at school tried to convince him that the title was short for Lucifer's words. So there's another translation or theory about the title. Some people said that they were lost for words about my show and he mentioned that he was lost for words about the exclusive performance that was uncovered about Depeche Mode recording Wrathchild. And Karen Lawrence said that my dancing made a loss for words. And once again, let's hope this was a good thing. Some words about Iron Maiden. I had Baz Forrest say, tonsillitis. <laughs> That's a funny joke, isn't it? And then someone called Milton Banana said, every time Boris speaks, I think he means the Prime Minister. Luis Mariano said that the only time he's been lost for words was when he was a teenager. And he had a crush on this girl and the sister knew. But then... On a birthday party, her sister introduced him to her and he couldn't speak a word and he said this was embarrassing so he was literally lost for words because he couldn't speak. Yeah, shame he didn't think to ask her the time, wasn't he? Finally, because I don't want to read too many of these out but I did appreciate the feedback and comments. There was an incident where Fecky Metal Podcast and Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone had a chat together on a special episode which I wasn't jealous about and they both mentioned about an incident in that chat where Uncle Steve thought you could get a bus from Dublin to London. He didn't realise there was a body of water in between. So both of them were lost for words for different reasons. Trevor, uh, anything made you lost for words? Yeah, I remember. I've been lost for words quite a bit lately um, with the world, but I remember specifically, I think, when Dennis Stratton said he could put potato waffles in the toaster. That made me lost for words. I think you used this example when I asked you about revelations, so you can't have that. Why not? You can be lost for words about a revelation. Yeah, but that's cheating, isn't it? You can't just keep having the same one. Think of something else. All right, then. Um, I remember when I went out for a meal with my mum and dad. We went to a Bernie Inn. It was a special occasion, because I'd done well at school, and... They were pleased with me. So I have a steak. Oh, well done. That was medium. Oh, very funny. Anyway, what made you lost for words about that? Sounds like a, a nice experience. Yeah, it was. I didn't realise what happened when you went for a meal out. But anyway, um, when we finished, I was looking at the, the pudding menu, except it's called a dessert menu at a Bernie Inn. Okay. And then I noticed at the table opposite, there was a boy there, and he had a knickerbocker glory, and I was lost for words. Why? Because it was massive, and I wanted one, but it was too expensive. My dad kept saying, no, it's be expensive, 
But I kept saying, look at his knickerbocker glory. And I looked at the menu, and I saw there was a, a banana split, and a peach melba, and other things. But I wanted a knickerbocker glory. And I said this. And my dad said, stop saying look at his knickerbocker glory. And that sort of ruined the occasion a bit. But luckily, we had some Vianetta at home, so I went back and had that. She didn't have any pudding at the Bernie Inn? No, not even all-you-can-eat ice cream. Oh, that's a shame. But anyway, the Knickerbocker glory made you lost for words. Yeah, and I went from being lost for words to not being able to shut up about it. I've still never had one. I don't know what one is. Okay, well, thanks for that. Um, In 1984, there was a lot of electronic music. And uh, things were changing in the charts. And uh, I wonder how Nico would have felt if he'd stumbled across a drum machine while in the studio. I imagine he'd have been lost for words. Hello, boys and girls. It's Nico here. Oh, what? Oh, oh. hello, hello, hello. Oh, what's this then? Oh, looks alright. What's this? Kick. No. Snare. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't know what that is. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, no. 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 Oh, I'm not sure about that. Oh, no. Oh, here we go, here we go. You and I in a little toy shop Buy a bag of balloons with the money we've got Set them free at the break of dawn Till one by one they were gone Floating in the summer sky Ninety-nine red balloons go Lost for Words is the only instrumental with Nico on drums and Bruce on vocals. Or, well, in the lineup, obviously, Bruce doesn't sing in it. Nico starts the song by counting in with a hi hat. And it starts off with quite a fast pace, a bit like Genghis Khan. After a while, we get more focus on a lead guitar. This is nice little section, like nice melody. these two parts, I call them A and B, they repeat later at the end of the song. Before we get to that, there's three more parts. There's what I call the diddle-dum section, and I think we've had diddle-dum sections on other songs. It sort of goes diddle-dum, 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 but it's quite fast, so it's quite hard to say diddle-dum, but that's how it sounds on the guitar. And this section builds nicely. In fact, we then get another solo on top of the diddle-dum. There's a slight lead in there to the next part, which is sort of like another lead heavy bit. Um, there's like a marching element to it. And it's really powerful. I think this is my favorite bit in the song. I remember listening to an album by Steve Vai, and it was called Passion and Warfare. And that was an instrumental album. And this section here reminds me of bits on that album. 
once that's happened, we go back into the beginning, as I've said, parts A and B, and then the song ends. So it's not a standard structure that's too repetitive, that there's enough changes. Uh, it's technically very good. I think you can appreciate each band member's contribution, especially the bass guitar. I say each band member, not Bruce, of course. To me, it sounds like they're doing a warm-up exercise, sort of showcasing their talents. And I think this might have been a good song to play. When they did a sound check on the day of a gig, taking it in turns to do their different parts so that the sound engineer could get the levels right. Except on Bruce, he might have been running around the arena, checking it sounded okay across different areas of the hall. How do you feel about the song, Trevor? Yeah, I think it's decent. Um, I'm not sure overall how I feel about the song. I think it's okay. I'm not too bothered about instrumentals. Um, I think it'd be quite good to be on a computer game where you're driving round. I think they had Two Minutes to Midnight on that 80s Grand Theft Auto. That was nice, because you could change the radio to play rock music from the era. Um, I think this is a better driving song, because it has all those different parts that might reflect different scenery. So you might have that lead guitar section in a desert, and then you might have that fast-paced bit in rush hour traffic. Well, I don't think you would, because in rush hour traffic, you'd be standing still, so you'd be getting frustrated. Oh, maybe. That one bit, I think you called it Part B, um, with the lead guitar. It's, it sounds like it could be on a TV show. You know, the bit that goes... Can you not do that again, please? What TV show would it be? I don't know. I think that bit at the end, that down, 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 down. I think that's got like a quite cheesy bit, maybe like one of those soap operas from Australia in the 1980s. Okay, well, um, thanks for that. Anyway. It's time to put on your talcum powder and red leather trousers. It's time to go Beyond the stratosphere Bringing your eyes Fray bentos pies In a world full of magic So don't you strike When you reach the stratosphere It's time to go Beyond the stratosphere, it's time to go. Beyond the stratosphere, la 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 la. Hello, Wayne. Dennis Stratton here. I thought I'd send you a message to tell you how lost for words I was when I heard the theme tune that you'd done for me for the Beyond the Stratosphere episode. It made me very happy, and I hope this message gets to you in time for the Lost for Words episode. I'm not sure how reliable the postal service is in this current lockdown. 2021 has been strange already. Elements of hope and elements of despair. A bit like the set of pyjamas that I got at Christmas. It was a pack of three. I really liked the blue stripy ones, but there was also a lilac pair, which I wasn't so keen on. Why is it that in these multi-packs of clothes, 
There's always one that you don't like. It's the same with pants and socks. I'm not going out much at the moment, but I'm disappointed to see that Easter eggs are in the shops already. I thought I might try and shed a few pounds after the excesses of Christmas. I suppose it's the same every year, though, and the shops are trying to give us a sense of normality. I used to like the Yorkie Easter egg. The box was in the shape of a lorry, but I haven't seen it yet. I had one of those in Easter 1980. I saved it until after our show at the bandwagon on Easter Sunday. It was a busy time. We played in Belgium the day before for a festival. And then the album came out a week later. I'm waiting to get my core to have the vaccine. I wasn't in the first round of people because I'm not quite 70 yet. I'm not sure about having one. I don't know much about the side effects, but I've talked it through with Julian and I feel a bit better about it. Anyway, mustache, take care, Wayne. Speak soon, Dennis. The song has been released on another album, but a live performance. Uh, I say another album. It originally appeared as the B-side on the Run to the Hills 1985 single release from Live After Death. It was recorded at Hammersmith Odeon in 1984. There's some naughty words at the beginning when Bruce introduces it. And then of course, once it starts, he probably goes backstage to wash his face and maybe change clothes and, and have some pop. When you hear it, it seems a bit quicker, I think, than the uh, album version. So you can imagine the fans going crazy in that first bit. If you've not heard it before, I'm sure you can find it quite easily online. But they did put it on a version of Live After Death. It was on the bonus disc that was released in 1995. Have you heard the live version, Trevor? Yeah, I think it's all right. I think it's sort of... It feels like it's quite special because you don't think about it much. So it's a bit like To Tame a Land, if you hear versions of that. Or, you know, songs from the Paul Diano era. You don't hear Lost for Words very much. And, uh, yeah, it's not a highlight, of course, but just a nice curio. Curio? Yeah, no, I think it's short for curiosity. I'm not sure that's right. I'm going to check the dictionary. Okay, uh, curtain, uh, curl, curio. An object that is considered novel, rare or bizarre. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, it's quite interesting that Lost for Words has been played more times than the following. What, have you got a list there? Yeah, I was about to read it. All right, well... Sorry, when you read it. It's, it's been played more than Still Life. Okay, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to react to these? Oh, okay. All right, don't need to be sarcastic. I was just saying... Okay, I'll just read them all out, shall I? It's been played more than Still Life, Sea of Madness, Coming Home and Passchendaele and lots of others, but they were the four that surprised me. Uh, yeah, well, I think Coming Home's a bit newer, so maybe that's not been played as much. Um, yeah, maybe the only one I'd be surprised at is Passchendaele, but I don't know really, I've not analysed their newer tour so much. I suppose Lost for Words was played on the World Slavery Tour, so more dates, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think if I did an Iron Maiden Top Trump set with all the songs as cards, I think Lost for Words wouldn't be a very good card. Number of lyrics, zero. Number of times played live, would not, wouldn't beat many songs, would it? I suppose not. But it would be still life and the others that you said. All right, well, normally in, in the show we get Trevor to do a section at the end. I know he's been in a bit more uh, during the show. Not too much. Um, I've, I've managed to temper it a little. 
But uh, Trevor, so um, obviously at this stage, normally ask you what you've been up to and if you've got a poem for us. Yeah, well, I've been been pretty busy. I've had some snow lately. It's been nice. I listened to some of those songs by the Stetchford Male Voice Choir to get me feeling festive, but then I realised there was no presents. Okay, well, anything else to keep you occupied? Well, actually, it's uh, an important time coming soon. Oh, it's not your birthday, is it? No, it's Valentine's Day. Okay, well, you got any plans for that? Yeah, well, uh, I normally send some cards. I've done this since the 1990s. Um, sent them to some celebrities to be like a secret admirer. But then I always put Trevor at the bottom so they know who it's from, so it isn't secret. All right, did you write to their agencies then? No, I just wrote the name and I wrote an address on the envelope and then assumed it would just get there. Who, who did you write to in the 90s? Uh, well, Scully out of the X-Files and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You do know that that isn't their real name? Yeah, well, whatever, the actresses, um, Gillian Anderson and Sarah Michelle Gellar, but I thought I'd be more specific. I thought you might not know who they were. Of course I know who they are. We used to watch some of those programmes together. Oh, yeah, and I wrote to Zodiac from the Gladiators. Zodiac? Yeah. I don't remember Zodiac. Yeah, she was a newer one. She came in the later series. Because everyone I knew fancied Jet. And uh, fancied means found her attractive. So I imagine that she'd get lots of cards and letters from admirers. So I thought I'd send one to Zodiac so she'd feel included. She seemed quite nice. She looked at me once. Oh, when did you see her? No, it was on the telly. She just looked and she was looking at me. Well, I imagine she was just looking into the camera and probably millions of viewers thought the same. No, I think it was... Oh, well, I don't know. Felt felt intimate somehow. So are you going to send some this year to celebrities or, or real people? Well, celebrities are real people, Wayne. They, they have feelings too. But uh, yeah, I won't tell you in case they're listening. So it'll be a surprise. Do you, do you get any back? No, not really. Um, no. Okay, well, fair enough. But it doesn't matter, because I remember when I was little, uh, Terry Badu who was on John Craven's news round, he did a report and said that if you don't get any Valentine's cards, it's because people are too shy to show you how they feel. So I've I've kept that with me for about 30-odd years, and I think it's quite wise. It's good wisdom from Terry Badu. And maybe I should write him a letter and thank him. Okay, well, can we uh, move on with the poem then, Uh, get back on track, talk about loss for words again? Yeah, okay. Uh, Here we go. I was lost for words when I saw all the different birds at the Cannon Hill Park Nature Centre. One day I will fly and soar, leave people wanting more. Okay, is that it? Yeah. Do I, should I ask you to interpret it for us? It just sounded like you just went on a day out to Cannon Hill Park Nature Centre, saw some birds and... Then talk about yourself a bit. Yeah, well, um, it's about how I saw these birds and was inspired by them and how they could... How they had some sort of freedom and I thought I'd like that and then one day I will. And then there's this really clever bit at the end where I put 
leave people wanting more and people are expecting more but the poem stops okay uh, did it rain when you were at Cannell Park can't remember it was about four I think okay well you do know the longer that this goes on the more ammunition you're giving Uncle Steve because he was critical of your poem at Aces High he was uh, respectfully silent about your two minutes to midnight poem but uh, he, I think he did mention quite recently that the offer's still there to do a poem. Oh, we can't, can it? Because I'm doing the poems. Well, I'm just letting you know. Um, just reminding you. to. I don't want you to get ahead of yourself because just because I've given you more time on this show doesn't mean this will happen again next week. I've only done this because of the song being instrumental and I thought I might need some extra content. So I've got you involved to, to give some more views. Um, but... Uh, Going forward, I think I'd like your poems to be a bit more accessible, maybe. A bit more, I don't know, acceptable. Well, I, I think they're fine. If people didn't like it, I wouldn't have sold any of my book, would I? I sold lots of copies. Okay, well, that's fine. Okay, then. Let's, uh, let's see how good he is at poetry. We heard one of, a while ago, didn't we? Went around women in uniform. But I don't recall it being of any merit. In a couple of weeks, it's the duelist, isn't it? So how about this? How about I challenge him to a duel, a poetry duel? I'll send him a glove in the post. Well, hang on a minute. We don't want to get him to trouble because he wasn't happy that you just sent him one of your books randomly with a letter, apparently. I dread to think what was in it. Well, I can't remember. It was just goodwill and niceties, but he just threw him back in my face, as he often does. Well, anyway, you're going to send him a glove, are you? Yeah, like in the lyrics. Um, I'm throwing it down, although maybe the postman will throw it down on, on his floor and, and then he'll pick it up in the envelope and then that's it. He'll have to do a poem, won't he? And then we can see how good he is. OK, well, we'll see how that goes. That's a couple of weeks away anyway. There's a flash of the blade first and then uh, the duelists, as you've said. And uh, I don't want this to turn into some sort of sideshow, and a, a, like a fight, one of those duels that you get on, I don't know, in boxing or Street Fighter 2. Well, we'll see, won't we? But I'm sure you'll still have time to talk about the song and the lyrics. It's only going to be a, a poetry bit at the end, isn't it? Anyway, that's if he accepts. He might bottle it. OK, well, um, this is normally when I say goodbye to you, isn't it? Before I do the roundup at the end. So uh, I think that's enough now. So thank you very much for your input. And uh, yeah, Flash of the Blade next week. I'm imagining it'll be a normal sort of episode. So maybe just you at the end, because uh, I'm anticipating complaints. I don't think I don't think you'll get any complaints. I think people will be happy. Okay. Well, anyway, yep. Speak to you in the week, maybe before, but otherwise, I'll ring you uh, for the podcast. Okay. Thanks, Wayne. Bye. Right. Well, uh, you can follow me on uh, social media. Uh, you find me on various channels. Uh, just have a look. Well, I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. But if you just search Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast, you'll find me on other platforms and also on Ko-Fi where I do a couple of extra posts and additional content. Um, so, yeah, find me there. I've had a message from Mr. Anagram. Uh, he hasn't been in touch for a while. And he wonders if Lost for Words was written as a thank you from Steve to Rod Smallwood. Um, maybe when he received some flowers from him. Not sure why he thinks that. Um Oh, he then goes on to say that the song title is an anagram of Rod's flowers. I don't think that's right, Mr. Anagram. I can't see Rod Smallwood sending Steve some flowers. Um, I think Rod's 
I think Rod's quite well known for being tight, so I don't know if he would send him some flowers. That costs quite a lot of money, apparently. Um, you have to factor in the courier and the... Uh, well, I suppose in those days, there, there wasn't online, was there? So maybe he actually went into a florist and ordered them. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a, a thing. Wallace Reed says he's, he's fed up with speculation about this song, Lost for Words, and he would have liked to have heard Steve Harris's take on it. Where was his diary in this episode? Um, so, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, yeah, sorry about that. Maybe Steve Harris's diary will be back next week. That's enough for this week. Uh, next week we'll have a normal song again with some words and we can analyse Bruce. And in fact, he wrote some of the song as well, so extra points to consider. So thanks for listening and uh, I'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye.